on April 11, 2006, national polygamy advocate Mark Henkel was on the nationally syndicated show Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn. Hello, Diane. This is Mark Henkel calling from truthbearer.org. Hi, Mark. How are you? Thanks uh, so much for returning my call. I'm glad to. Uh, before we begin, I did want to let you know this is being recorded. I wanted to make sure that you knew that and had no problem with it. I have no problem with this being recorded. <laughs> Super. Well... What? But I'm just curious why you're recording this. Well, uh, we always have to uh, because we are constantly uh, misrepresented or misquoted or things of that oh, nature. Okay. And so it's a, uh, it's a, a backup and uh, proof that we are uh, saying what we're really saying. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, uh, you know, obviously the reason that I called you, as I said in my email, was that mm-hmm. um, I'm very interested in having you on the air with Barry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, all of this is prompted by HBO's new series, uh, Big Love. Right. And I was just calling, I, you know, I did um, some research and I came up with your name and, mm-hmm. and your group. Right. So I was just calling to find out if you might be available for a telephone interview on Monday, the 27th of um, March. 5 o'clock Eastern time for about a half hour or so just to talk to Barry and his listeners about what it is that you do, what it is that you believe, what it is that you think about this series. Okay. And, and Monday is the day that you've got it scheduled for? Yes. I see. Right. Okay. Uh, that, could be, uh, that could be something we could do. I would need to uh, get an understanding of you know how the uh, structures am I going up against other people? Is no, it no, just me? Up, just you're, a not pure... going up, you're not going up against other people. We got this on tape. You're not going <laughs> up against other people. <laughs> no sandbagging, in other words. Right, no sandbagging, not at all. Okay. Uh, we do open our lines to listener comments. However, That's fine. That's fine. And uh, it will just be uh, Q and A with you and Barry and. Um, I, I don't know what you know about Gary Lynn, but, um, you know, he's a religious freedom advocate, mm-hmm. and uh, he really has no set opinion about um, about this issue at all. Right. So it's, it's really a learning uh, process. For sure. Us. Well, as the national polygamy advocate, I'm, uh, I'm the one where the quote comes from of the uh, uh, polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. Ah. Uh, so I'm the source of that. Uh, you may have seen that, like Newsweek. I and, have. I've yeah. seen it all over. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's multiple reported, and I'm that source. <laughs> the... Um, we actually uh, see, uh, by saying that, we actually see uh, our position is the win-win solution to both sides of the tiresome, exhausting debate about uh, so-called same-sex marriage. Because it's a win-win for both sides. Because we are the true conservative position uh, of limited government, and uh, whatever those who believe in the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage choose to do uh, is just what they're imagining they're choosing to do, and government has no basis either way. So what do you think about this HBO series? Well, it's interesting. Unfortunately, it advances the stereotype that all polygamy is Mormon, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a misnomer and certainly not uh, not correct. However, uh, it, uh, it does... Pr- provide a uh, dispelling, if you will, of uh, the ridiculous myth that uh, it's a, some silly sexual fantasy for the man. Uh, if anything, it does show it to be uh, quite a headache. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it's extremely graphic uh, fra- in terms of you know, many people that would actually watch it uh, that would come from a, uh, a family values background, so they may not actually see it, but in terms of a secular audience that uh, uh, has no problem with the, uh, the the sexual graphic type of stuff that is probably more more than necessary, really. The story could be told. It's it's a modern-day soap, soap opera just premised around uh, uh, premised around a polygamy concept instead. You know, it, it's it's really just uh, just like that. But it does show, uh, you know, that there are normal uh, consenting adults 
that have absolute opposition to the horrendous crimes that have taken place in some breakaway sects uh, that that normal pro have never supported. Uh, you can certainly see that uh, if you want to read the archives at the uh, the media site propolygamy.com. Uh, that's propolygamy.com, not just general, but pro-polygamy.com. Okay. And the archives there. So from that standpoint, it does produce uh, a good example of. Uh, consenting adults that have nothing to do with crimes and other things like that, and that it's not the sexual fantasy for men. Well, it does still perpetuate the Mormon myth, and they use the whole idea of the principle and all that, and that's, that still ends up with the stereotype that people think that all polygamy is based on that particular paradigm, and the fact is, is that a neutral noun is not modified by an absent adjective. Uh, polygamy is a neutral word, and it's different based on the adjective you apply to it. Mormon polygamy is different from Christian polygamy, and the Christian polygamy has no history or connection whatsoever with the Book of Mormon or, mm-hmm. or Mormon polygamy. It's purely evangelical Christians in a new movement that be, uh, began within uh, the last 10 years, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And, it's a, uh, and it has nothing to do with Muslim polygamy and other forms. Just as you wouldn't say uh, a rainy day is the same thing as a sunny day, you can't say all days are alike because of that. Same thing with true. You can't say Mormon polygamy is, is Christian polygamy, and you have to look to the individual paradigms behind the application of polygamy. Okay, well, this all sounds good to me. And I, like I said, I did visit your website. Okay. And I'm going to go to propolygamy.com, and I, I, I saw that there were some things that you said that Christian polygamy is not. And I did notice that. So, Barry, I, mm-hmm. I honestly... <laughs> Have you seen I us in Newsweek? Pardon me? Did you see us in Newsweek? I did. Okay. Yeah. I did, okay. yeah. And I read all of the interviews that you found. As a matter of fact, I was sort of... Uh, I had to chuckle a little bit when you said that uh, you were on the Michael Basin show because sometimes when I'm surfing through the radio on the way home, you know, I'll pick him up and I thought, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> well, that's... That was quite a different kind of show, I tell you. I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> because I think the day that I was listening, uh, you know, I was just, like I said, doing some channel surfing, right. and um, I heard him say something about he was going to get arrested because he was going to marry. Two oh, that whole silly skit so thing, I yes. had no idea what happened with that. Right, <laughs> right. Well, actually, I was on in the hour before that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was, right. a, that was a skit he set up, that he was oh. going to do this and challenge the the state of Texas to come arrest him. arrest him, and yeah. I thought, well, <laughs> Is this legitimate? Is he on the up and up or what? Yeah, no, it was, anyway. it was, a, it was one of those entertainment things. Yeah, uh, but right, he had right. me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he had me on before, basically, in, in addressing uh, uh, the issues and in, in the issues of uh, freedom. But I just well, want to say, I'm sorry, I missed it because you know I, yeah, you know I obviously do a lot of listening to other people's radio shows. Sure. To listen for just mm-hmm. new guests and, and right. new ideas. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you you, know, you can't listen around the clock to every every uh, syndicated station around the country. I uh, can't. That's no. why I have the uh, internet. There, I just have to do research. Well, there you go. Well, uh, I am the, uh, the on the national level. Understand that there is a uh, a Mormonland geographic bubble, obviously, where where you're in a minority if you're not Mormon within the Utah Arizona area. But you get outside of that. Uh, you know, and, and, and we go to the national level, and that's why I'm a national polygamy advocate and dealing uh, definitely beyond uh, the pure Mormon issues. And uh, we're actually even conservative evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're regular, ba- you know, from Baptists to Protestants, and uh, come from a, uh, a definitely a conservative paradigm. Uh, and yet, uh, because of that, we are uh, seriously limited government conservatives. And uh, we see that uh, we can get. We, we do, are not supportive of uh, what we call the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. Nevertheless, if individuals want to imagine that, that's one thing. And if government is not involved either way, then it doesn't matter what they imagine. 
Okay. You see what I'm saying? So both sides actually uh, uh, benefit. Marriage is truly protected by getting government out of that abomination anyway. You wouldn't have a federal uh, gospel preaching amendment, and you wouldn't have a federal baptism amendment, God forbid. Okay. You know. So look, are you going to be able to do this? Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. So um, just want to make sure I have you identified correctly on the year. Give mm -hmm. me your title again. Okay, I am uh, Mart Henkel, H-E-N-K-E-L. I am founder of truthbearer.org, okay. and that's T and the T and the B are capitalized. Yeah, right. Both the B also. Right. Truthbearer.org. We are an organi We are a cross-denominational organization. Uh, so we are not a new religion. We're not a denomination. We're not a sect, and we're not Mormon. And uh, we're we're not the newbies. We are the serious Bible students who come to the realization that the Bible never came up with the invention of one man, one woman. So, how many do you have? Many plural wives? That's not an answer. Uh, a question that I answer. Okay. Uh, there, I very know that too. There's legal ramifications, obviously, of that. But I, I am a very happily married man for many, many, many years and never divorced. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as the national polygamy advocate, that's that's another title for me. Uh, you know, in a general sense, uh, is national polygamy advocate. Uh, because of that, and I'm out there, my name and my face and all that. I have to seriously protect my family. Okay, I understand that. Mm -hmm. So, which number should I call you on that day? That would be. Super. Uh, I did also want to uh, thank you for responding to our uh, response team's request for a list of uh, conservatives who have appeared on your show. <laughs> no problem. Uh, it, it's, it is, uh, it is uh, essential because, I mean, we're, we're coming from a conservative paradigm, and we are persuading our fellow conservatives. Uh, so if this was something that just suddenly was going to then attach and suggest that now because we were on, you know, uh, Barry Lynn's show, that suddenly now we're liberals and, <laughs> and uh, all this. You know, look, I used yeah. to produce Pat Buchanan's radio show. Sure. Uh, and um, I, you know, and Barry used to co-host with him. So sure. That's the way I know Barry. But uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's room for everybody. Well, well, I understand that. And, and as long as that was going to be the case, in fact, that you've got the traditional values coalition guy and, uh, yeah. you know, and other people. And uh, basically the point was that our appearance would not be labeled as if we were now somehow liberals in direct contradiction of what we oh, actually no. are. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Not not necessarily you, but conservatives hearing us on your show. Right. Yeah. That, that's oh. what I'm saying. Yeah, I think they'd listen long enough and know. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, great. Well, look, I appreciate you getting back to me. Okay. And I look forward to hearing you on the air on Monday. Super. So you'll call what? About five minutes before five, something like that, or? Uh, no. Actually, we're gonna, we don't go on the air until about five oh six thirty. Okay. So Excuse it'll be me. Like a, we go on the air six and a half minutes after the hour. Okay. 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 So it'll probably be a couple of minutes after five. Okay. Okay. I understand. Excellent. Super. So Excellent. you'll be calling me specifically? Yes. Directly? Well, it sounds great. You have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Wonderful. Thanks Th a lot. Thank Bye -bye. you now. Bye-bye. Good evening. Mr. Henkel. Yeah. Yes. Hi, this is Adam. I'm the engineer for Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn. Hello, Adam. Uh, we're just running a little bit tad late. I do apologize for that for t you know technical difficulties. But I understand. What we're going to do is you're going to hear a little bit of intro. Barry's going to do an outstanding uh, intro for you. Okay. We're going to get right into it. Super. Okay. Thank you. Now. All right. Now hold on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold. Okay. Let me, you know, Will that be like five minutes or just a minute or so? Oh, just literally like one minute. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna place it. Uh, I just gotta edit a few things real quick, and we'll get you to go. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Let me put. I'm gonna mute your mic, and then you can hear some music. Right. Now it's time for Culture Shocks with your host, Barry Lynn. 
All right, welcome to today's edition of Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn. I don't know if you've seen it, but Home Box Office is now airing a kind of soap opera called Big Love about a fictional Salt Lake City businessman named Bill Henriksen who has three wives, and they're all on the same street, and they all know each other and interact with each other. Now, this show has upset a lot of people from social conservatives who fear that this is going to make America polygamy-friendly and further degrade American culture by their standards. It also has upset many Mormons who don't want their current faith, which does not practice in the main, does not practice polygamy, to kind of get mixed up with past polygamous practices or with offshoots of Mormonism that still practice it today. Oh, and by the way, in case that's not enough controversy, some gay rights advocates don't like the show either because they say it might promote the idea that unless marriage is right now constitutionally defined as a relationship between one man and one woman, soon there will be both gay marriages and what are called plural marriages. It's all complicated. If a person wants to practice his or her religious faith in America, though, you would think that maybe that free exercise of religion clause in the Constitution would protect even polygamous relationships if they're based on religion. The Supreme Court rejected that idea back in the late 1800s, and frankly, the court, in my judgment, would not change that decision were a polygamy case to get to it today in 2006. So we're going to spend some time with a variety of views on this, starting with Mark Henkel, who's the founder of TruthBearer.com. That's one word, TruthBearer.com. He's a national polygamy advocate, specifically a supporter of Christian polygamy. Mr. Henkel, thanks for being with us. Thank you. That's TruthBearer.org. Oh, sorry, .org. Okay, I hope we don't send anybody to a gambling or worse. Well, no, it's a, it's a commerce site of ours also, but we're truthbearer.org. Okay, well, listen, let me start this way. Is polygamy something that you believe is biblically supported? Specifically, did, did Jesus support polygamy? It is 100% biblically supported. And the idea of one man, one woman, the anti-polygamy doctrine, is an invention of the Catholic institution after Christianity changed from being a persecuted religion to being the political powerhouse a few centuries later. Well, now, there are some references, of, for example, to multiple wives, even though they weren't necessarily described that way in what the Christians would call the Old Testament. But you're saying that this was a regular practice in the early days of the church until the founders of the so-called fathers of the church decided to change it. Until the Catholic institution decided to change it, not the, not the apostles and, and others and so forth, the first few centuries. The, uh, Jesus himself described himself in Matthew 25 as coming to marry five of ten wise virgins, Matthew 25, 1-13. If polygamy was a sin, the sinless Lord Jesus would never describe himself in such a way. In fact, the Bible never calls polygamy a sin. You have the holiest men of God from Abraham, who had three wives. The twelve tribes of Israel are born of four wives. Yep. David had eight no-named wives plus ten others. In 2 Samuel 12:8, when David is being reproved for killing a man who a man's wife, a man to have his wife, uh, Uriah the Hittite, when he wanted Bathsheba, God said, "I would have given you even more wives if you wanted, but you took this one man's wife and had him killed." Right. God describes himself as a polygamist in Jeremiah 3. He does it again in Ezekiel 23. There is the concept of the new covenant and being under the new covenant is that we go away from being under the law and under the, and saved by grace through faith. And you don't make uh, what was obviously uh, a, allowed under the law, you don't make a doctrine more legalistically restrictive in the new covenant time of grace than that doctrine ever was 
under the times of the law. How does this fit into standard legal definitions that my listeners would understand today of adultery, that is, having, which is also a kind of multiple wife relationship, or it could be multiple husband, actually, but... I mean, how does that fit in? Was adultery something condemned by the Bible? Surely it was. Well, absolutely it was. But you have to remember, and ironically, just as the word gay has been changed in its meaning, for example, if you said the gay 90s in the 1890s, it meant something completely different than what it would have meant if you said the gay 90s of the 1990s. The same thing has happened to the meaning of adultery. The word adultery actually was not written in English in the Ten Commandments of Exodus 20, verse 14, but was written, obviously, in Hebrew. And it was the word naaf. And the word naaf means woman who breaks wedlock. So, if a man has another wife who is not another man's wife, no woman is breaking her wedlock, hence no adultery occurs. And that's why only 22 verses later, in Exodus 21.10, it says, If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish. And later on, in Deuteronomy 21.15, begins with, If a man have two wives. In other words, to summarize that, what adultery meant, that is to say, in the original Hebrew, and I, you're, I think, absolutely correct about this, it is not, a, a man cannot commit adultery. Only a woman can commit adultery. Well, except if he is responsible for causing a woman to break her wedlock. To break wedlock. That, and that's what Jesus spoke of in Matthew 19. Okay, now, a plural wives in a Christian polygamous relationship equal in the eyes of the man in that relationship in uh, contemporary times? Absolutely. This is evangelical, conservative, Bible-believing Christians. has no, no basis whatsoever in the history of, of Mormonism or any of that uh, Book of Mormon theology. In fact, you always have to remember that a neutral noun is not modified by an absent adjective, meaning the word polygamy is neutral. It's the adjective that applies to it. Mormon polygamy is based, if they've got anything related to uh, Mormon theology or the Book of Mormon, then it's Mormon polygamy. It's a whole different paradigm and reason for practicing polygamy. Christian polygamy is pure New Testament and Old Testament Christian beliefs, conservative pro-family believers. Muslim polygamy, another adjective and another paradigm. You have to realize that every form, every model is different, just like different adjectives, rainy and sunny, change the meaning of day. A rainy day is not a sunny day. Right. If we were, though, to change the law in the United States to permit uh, a basic right to polygamy or an established right to polygamy, we couldn't simply say, well, Christian polygamists, that's okay, because we can't distinguish between religions in our constitutional system. You can't say uh, Mormon polygamists, no, Christian polygamists, yes. Well, actually, uh, the, the issue is that we're not going for, uh, when we say, and I'm, I'm the creator of the soundbite, polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. Right. We're not, at, I'm, the, I'm the one who came up with that. I, we're not saying that, one, that we're following homosexuals and going for the same agenda. We're actually saying we've got the solution to end the marriage debate altogether, and that is the true, and it's a win-win, both for uh, true con limited government conservatives as well as for uh, homosexual behavior choosing individuals. The key is you get government out of it altogether, because according to the Constitution, the Tenth Amendment states that if it's not in the Constitution, the federal government has zero authority to be involved. Ergo, the word marriage is not in the Constitution, and it is wholly unconstitutional for the government to be involved in marriage whatsoever. So in other words, you're, are you neutral or are you positively affirmative of the idea that government should not be able to define marriage? That's one thing. And if it does, though you would recognize that it would have to define it broadly enough to encompass everything from the atheist polygamist to the Episcopal. Well, first it would go, we, 
we're saying that uh, government has no authority either way, and the only function of government any, at all in marriage is as a public repository at the municipal level of public records of the contractual arrangements that consenting adults make. That's the true conservative limited government position, and basically what it is, is unfortunately, uh, the, many of, of our fellow conservative Christian leaders have gone the way of Jeroboam and are leading God's people to commit the idolatry of worshipping the false god of big socialist government as the savior of marriage instead of trusting in the one true God. You don't turn to big government. You don't use liberalism to fight liberalism. You don't use the sin of idolatry to fight a sin of All the right. biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. We've got to take a little break. Uh, you're talking, of course, to a great liberal, but I'm, I'm starting to hear uh, some very, very uh, sensible comments uh, about the nature of the relationships you're describing. We'll be back with Mark Henkel of TruthBear.org right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. We are back on Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn. Mark Henkel's my guest. He's the founder of TruthBearer.org, an advocate for polygamy. But specifically, and I want to be clear about this, he's a supporter of Christian polygamy, believes it's biblically sound, that indeed conservatives, of whom I am not one, but conservatives ought to recognize, they ought to go back to the scripture and read the history of multiple marriage or plural marriage, uh, of a certain kind that you can find, he says, uh, throughout, the, throughout the biblical text. Mr. Henkel, if you get up to contemporary America, what do you think the advantages are for women of such a relationship? For example, uh, if a couple uh, gets another woman in their relationship and that second woman is a single mom with two kids, I've seen people uh, in and around your organization say, well, it's obviously better to get her in a stable relationship but how do you know that? I mean, maybe if she had waited another month, she'd have found somebody in no kind of relationship who would be wealthy enough to support her and kind enough to want her child. Well, there's a couple different angles with that to, uh, to address. Uh, and one is, is that uh, we are now in the... And remember, we're coming from social conservatives, Christian evangelicals, that we're in a culture of dumbed-down males of marriage-phobic baby-daddy players. And we have a landscape of littered, littered with abandoned single moms, yep. as uh, we have over and over so many men afraid of marriage. Now, Christian polygamy is a uh, loving, it, it follows the Christian model of husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the churches. And that's not a chest pounder, but a nursery, a caring, hey, he went to the cross. That's the, that's the Christian paradigm. It's a loving giving and helping women be the best that they choose to want to be. Some women want to work. Others want to stay home and raise children. But you don't have any problem with that. I mean, this is not what you would call a rigid patriarchal system that you're creating where the man decides what each of those plural wives will do. Well, that's just a stereotype based on uh, past anecdotal examples, but, it's, but it certainly does not mean that that's the way everything has to be. Again, it goes back to the adjective, what is modifying the word, the neutral word, polygamy? Well, but my point is that there are some people, in fact, some of them are in Washington the next couple of days, who would probably argue that in, in the very nature of Christianity, there is a male dominance, assumed, promoted, and that that would therefore be a part of what a Christian polygamist would say. But you seem not to agree with that. Well, the reality is, you take intelligent women, especially modern Christian American women, you put them together, and 
it is simply not going to happen. Intelligent women are not going to uh, tolerate their rights being abused and some kind of a chest pounder. If anything, they're going to gang up on the men. <laughs> uh, that's always a possibility. I mean, uh, who knows where that HBO uh, series will end. But now, something like polyandry, which is a woman who has multiple relationships with men, certainly that's not in the Bible, but would you say to people in a system where the government takes no interest in these relationships except for kind of record-keeping, that that, too, should be an acceptable choice for women and men. Well, you are correct that it's not biblical and would be a definition of adultery from a biblical religious position. The limited government position of uh, the Constitution, of get, having government completely out of it, uh, then basically it is a, a First Amendment issue of freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of association even. Uh, you also, who, who consenting adults choose uh, to create their own contractual arrangements is really none of government's business either way. So whether I choose to oppose it as an issue of sin is not a matter of using government for it. Any government that is allowed to use for liberal social engineering for, say, Christian agenda can just as liberally be authorized later to turn around and oppress Christians. No, absolutely. And, I, of course, this is what, to, to me, the First Amendment's great glory is, the fact that it does recognize, although still has some standards, you may say this is the result of activist judges, but at the best time for religious freedom in America, there was this claim that certain practices, not beliefs, but practices, could be restricted, regulated, even prohibited if there was a compelling government reason to do so. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Weakened that, of course. Sadly, we've weakened it. But uh, tell me what that how that would play into this system. Well, first, the, uh, you, your reference is uh, to the original Reynolds case of 1878, which actually is an issue of liberal activist judges concocting a nationwide precedent on the basis of a law that's only on territorial. If you read the Reynolds case and the law to which they were affirming, it was only that at that time Utah was a territory and the, the government was allowed to make that law only in an issue of Article 4, Section 3, Paragraph 2 of if it's not a state, then the federal government has jurisdiction to manage the non-state territory. And you read the language, and it's very clear, that's all the anti-polygamy law was. But, well, it, has, but they, it does have some very unpleasant things to say about the practice. Well, uh, but the thing is, you, first you have to understand, is if you read through it all, it's just only mere opinions and speculations of certain things. The recent decision that just happened on February 21st with uh, an 8-0 decision with Gonzalez versus Ocentra Espirita Beneficente Oneo do Vegetal, and that reestablished the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 standard that says government is how has two burdens it has to prove that uh, government has the burden now of showing that permitting a religious exception to a, a total prohibition would undermine what they also have to prove a compelling governmental objective. Right. So the two standards right there is one now with banning all polygamy the constitution that excuse me that decision says that the government has to establish a compelling interest for banning all polygamy and then two the government itself has the burden to proving that it can have a quote regime of exemptions and such an exemption that could apply would be the Christian model of Christian polygamy. Yeah, I don't want to get too technical about it but that does look at a federal statute as it applies to a federal agency, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the states would have to follow that rigorous, although I, I like the rigor of that decision, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that every state would be held to the same thing for, for complex uh, reasons. Moreover, moreover, the Reynolds decision, if with one state that repeals its bigamy law, the 
then all you have is a federal umbrella against polygamy at that point in that particular state. And that will fail, absolutely, unequivocally, will fail, Reynolds will fail under that standard because the Reynolds case only is based on a territorial law and the Tenth Amendment prohibits the federal government from being involved in marriage. Well, you're, I mean, you're certainly optimistic about the way in which uh, the current members of the court, including our two newest members, would think about something that is, uh, again, they're not supposed to do this, but 92% of the American people say they're against polygamy. By the way, oh, that, uh, that's, a, that's an incorrect statement, uh, and that's, that's a quote that keeps being stated wrong. The, the poll says 92% of Americans believe it's immoral. That's something completely different. For example, you could, people believe lying is immoral, but doesn't mean that we're going to criminalize every single act of lying. No, or stop lying ourselves. Hey, one, one final question, just for a few seconds. Is sex always a part of a polygamous relationship? Absolutely not. Uh, obviously, that's, you know, there's an intimacy issue, yep. but what is really involved here is this is intimacy at a level, say, a third grader understands how to multiply, but then uh, someone else else grows up and becomes a 7th, 8th, ninth grader and learns how to do algebra. So the same difference, one person may grow to a level of being able to have intimacy on a one-on-one, -on -one, but other men, real men, can really grow up, really care about women, want to help them be the best they can be, and they can have that level of maturity. Henkel, we are out of time, but Mark Henkel, the founder of truthbearer.org. If you want more information, that's where to go. I'm Barry Lynn. You're listening to Culture Shocks. We'll be back in just a minute. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it. I'm uh, sorry we, uh, we, we've, uh, we ran out of time. I understand. More, but I, I hope as this uh, issue goes through and maybe when the appeals court down there looks at the, uh, was it in the Eighth Circuit? You got a case now? Well, what, that, that's a legalization case. Over in Utah, you mean? Right. Yeah, that's a legalization case, not decriminalization. Okay. Right. But uh, uh, I would like to talk to you further about it, and maybe we'll have a chance to do that on a later show. Sounds good to me. Terrific. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate, presenting polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com